0: preach this morning about patterns. If you would, I think they can put up for me Acts chapter 2. I want to read some of the scriptures as we go into the sermon this morning, lay of context. For Acts chapter 2, as we talk about patterns and patterns of, of God, patterns of Pentecost, patterns of living, patterns of what the Holy Spirit ...wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues or divided tongues as of fire, and it set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Who gave them the utterance? Who gave them the ability to speak in other languages, other tongues? It was the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 5. There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused. Not everybody understands a move of God, do they? Not everybody has experienced a move of God. These people were confused because they heard everybody speak in his own language. They were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look at all of these. Aren't these people who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pergia and Paphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, and visitors from Rome. They're just describing all these different places where people had come. They were there and they were hearing The wonderful works of God being declared to them by Galileans. But it was coming out in their languages. They were speaking in their languages, in their tongues. There were Jews there and also people who had converted to Judaism. Those are proselytes. Christians and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed saying to one another... And we'll stop right there. Whatever could this mean? And we look at chapter 2 of Acts and we could wonder ourselves, whatever could this mean? It is, the, it is a great debate in all of Christendom. What in the world does this chapter in Acts mean? And what has happened then and what can happen now? And what does God want to do in the future? So I'm going to preach this morning about the patterns of God the patterns of Pentecost, the patterns of the moving of the Holy Spirit. But before I get into all of that, I wanted to talk about quilting a little bit. Anybody ever quilted? Nah, me either. We got some, we got a few in the back who have quilted. I I tried to do some research this week, and so I would tell you maybe by next week I'll bring you in a big quilt that I have Sewn and made and I see people already shaking their heads on that they know that is not on your life right it's going to happen but I, I did some some studying a little bit on quilting and, and there's a lot of pattern involved and I see that you take and there's some is it wadding or wadding w-a-d-d-i-n-g how do you say that that goes in the middle of the cloth and then you sew it and, you, and I see some of you shaking your heads yes you know what I'm talking about But in a quilt, there is a pattern that emerges. And sometimes it takes things or fabrics or or, um, even pieces of clothing that have meant something to somebody. Or it has something to do with the past and it's woven into the present and into the quilt. And grandma all of a sudden has made this special Quilt that's a generational gift to maybe a grandchild or a great grandchild. And a, and a quilt can be a really, really beautiful thing. I received a quilt one time in my life a long time ago. My wife, she thought it was ugly. Yeah, she's here today. You can tell on the way out. Shame on you. But that was the most comfortable quilt. I loved the feel of the quilt and many quilts will bring comfort and, and warmth. And I see a pattern here when I'm looking at quilting and you see that you they've taken different pieces and parts and intentionally woven them together for a reason. And what I see here is a pattern and I see a similarity. When I look at the Old Testament, when you look at the Old Testament, when we read it through the lenses of looking for Jesus Christ, we will see that Jesus Christ is foreshadowed and there are typologies and there are prophecies. There are all kinds of things and all kinds of stories that are reflecting and pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ. There are patterns. The Old Testament is not just some book over here and the New Testament over here. The Old Testament is showing us Christ. All through the Old Testament. But what I see if we dig deeper and we think broader in that. We also see throughout all of the Old Testament. There are patterns and pictures and prophecies. All pointing to the working and the coming of the Holy Spirit as well. Who is behind what happened in Acts chapter 2? God himself. God himself. And in Acts chapter 2 it wasn't like a quilt just emerged Randomly, there was intentionality, there was planning, there were patterns that were put into place all throughout the years of the Old Testament that were pointing to when the Holy Spirit would come in Acts chapter 2. Some may say, I don't understand the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. I don't understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Greg, I get nervous when somebody talks about the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't get nervous about the genuine ministry of the Holy Spirit. This has been God's plan all along. And it's a terrific thing. That's my first point this morning. A terrific pattern. When I look at that word terrific, It can mean of a great size, of a great intensity, of a great impact. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit came at a time when God wanted to maximize the moving of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It came on the day of Pentecost. What did the scripture say when the day of Pentecost was fully come? Pentecost was a Jewish ceremony or festival. Pentecost was a time where they were celebrating the harvest. Pentecost was a time, as I just read through all of those names of places, it was a time when the Jewish people from all over really the known world had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the harvest of Pentecost. But what God intended that to be all the way through the Old Testament and the reason that it was centered around harvest because he knew I'm going to own the day of Pentecost. When it has fully come, in the right time, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit upon the church so that I can use the church to have a harvest of souls, a harvest of men and women, a harvest of boys and girls who need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It was no accident That the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. It was all God's plan. You could go into a deep study that I don't have the time nor capacity to totally do today. Where you would see the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in reference to this feast of Pentecost that they had celebrated for centuries. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was a terrific thing. It was a big thing uh, in great size and in scope, but also terrific can mean very good. Did you ever get papers in grammar school? I didn't go to grammar school, it just sounded like a neat little term to say. Did you ever get little, little papers back in elementary school? When I went to elementary school, I, I do remember this about elementary school they used to make these homemade rolls. In the cafeteria. Oh my goodness. I, I, I know I got to preach, but man, those rolls were good. And they would, you know, they'd rise up. They can't do that anymore. Before I retired from, from the school system, before I transitioned from the school system, those rolls were like these little tiny. Oh, it was so depressing. So sad. But I remember at Abs Valley Elementary, Abs Valley Bozavane Elementary, little Greg down the hall, and you'd smell those rolls. And they were rising, and you get those big, big rolls. At any rate, what was I preaching about? Oh, terrific. <laughs> terrific. If you ever remember in grade school, in elementary school, when they'd hand you a paperback, maybe it had a little sticker on it, and it, it might have said, terrific, or excellent, or good job. Well, terrific meaning very good. I want to tell us this morning that what happened on the day of Pentecost was terrific. Not horrific, which means very bad. It was a terrific thing. And it got the attention of everybody that was around. Sometimes we might say the church seems irrelevant to those who are around. But I guarantee us, if we have a genuine move of the Holy Spirit upon our hearts and our lives, upon our church, there will be people around who will realize the church is relevant. There is something to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe, just maybe, my life can be helped. And maybe, just maybe, my life can be changed. The Holy Spirit came upon them in the upper room that day. And word spread because of the terrific moving of the Holy Spirit. These were the days before social media. Oh, somebody say amen, thank the Lord. I think I'd like to go back to the days before cell phones and before social media. I have a phone that is about two or three years behind of updating. And it's already big and the one that I have to update to is going to be even bigger. And I'm just so stubborn I'm not doing it. I guess I'll have to do it someday. I said, I'd like to go back to a flip phone. Anybody else like to go back to a flip phone? I'd like to go back to if you, if you want me, you call me, you leave a message. Whatever. But now we have all these things, social media. And we act as if we cannot live without texting or social media or all of these technological things that are in our world today. We act even in the church world sometimes that we can't go without any of those things. But I want to tell us this morning, the word of God spread that day because the power of God and the Holy Ghost fell. Isn't that awesome? Now, I'm not against using it. I use Facebook and the fa- I like to say the Facebook, especially when my wife is here. She gets the, the YouTube, the Facebook. She said, that makes you sound so old. Well, you're my age, so. <laughs> but this was before the YouTube. This was before the social media. And I believe we ought to use all those things for ministry as much as we can. But more than anything that man has come up with, we need the moving of the Holy Spirit. Don't we? We need the moving of the Holy Spirit. And if you say, you know, Pastor Greg on the workplace, Pastor Greg in my family, Pastor Greg just in my day-to-day life, I want to be more of a witness. I want to be a terrific witness for God. I want people to see Christ in me. I want to have more effectiveness. Here's my answer and here's your answer. We need a baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need him to come up on us and in us and fill us and empower us. And he came up on them that day. And it was such a powerful thing. It was such a mighty thing that without television, without anything, without internet, the people came to see what was happening. There were terrific, wide. Ranging and wonderful, beautiful signs that accompanied that day. There was a sound as if a rushing, mighty wind. Can I tell you that's not the first time that God has moved in a mighty wind. We could look through the Old Testament and see times of the mighty wind that was blowing. What I'm trying to say here this morning... Sometimes people will get to the day of Pentecost and we want to get reserved and we want to back away from what God did and what God can do. But what we've got to realize is all of the powerful signs that happened on the day of Pentecost had happened throughout the Old Testament too when God was revealing his power and might. But the difference is on the day of Pentecost, he was pouring his power literally within the lives of the believers. There were signs like a rushing, terrific, mighty wind. Fire sat up on them, divided tongues that sat up on them. Do you know when Moses was getting the Ten Commandments in different times of encountering God, the fire of God fell? We have no problem with that. We shouldn't have any problem with this. It was God showing his power, when he was falling for Moses he was given the law, when he was falling here on the day of Pentecost he was saying I'm putting my spirit inside of you something even greater beyond the law there were tongues of languages God enabled them to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterances and as the people from these other countries were there they began to hear and say whoa these are Galileans but they're preaching In my own language, there was such a power that came upon them. It was a terrific pattern. I ask you this morning, does God want to pour out his spirit upon us again? Was this just that one-time event or was this something more? This was something more. When you read and study the entirety of chapter 2, and let me give you homework today. Let me encourage you to take this week and go into chapter 2 of Acts and read it and look and read Peter's sermon there as he was telling and explaining to them what was happening on that day. God wants to pour his spirit, the Holy Spirit out up on us. It's a trinity, if I could say it this way, the Trinity's game plan. The Trinity's game plan. Do you know that the, that the enemy, the devil, has a game plan? You know, he has a strategy, he has, but God has a game plan too. He has come to give us power to live victorious over the plots of the enemy, over the sabotages of the enemy. I did a little slide here this morning. My wife's probably going to make fun of me. Uh, I've been playing around with Canva, and it's a new thing to do my sermon slides on. A- Amy has finally brought me in to 2023. I was using Google Slides, and she she has gently tried to show me to get into this new Canva. But I was I was just getting all excited this week playing around with the slides, and I found one where I could draw and write. So, if you think that looks kind of bad, just just blame it on my playing around. But I had a good time making those slides. But I I thought about the Trinity and the Trinity game plan, if if you will. And if if I could tell you, if I could direct you to the top of the screen there, God the Father, right? We believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They all work together. They all work in tandem. They're all on the same page. God the Father, the working of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was his promise. Remember Jesus said that I will pray to the Father and he will send you another comforter. I'll pray to the Father. Jesus also another place called the coming of the Holy Spirit. The promise of who? The promise of the Father. When we look at what happened in Acts chapter 2. When we look in in current contemporary times of Christianity and the outpourings of the Holy Spirit, hopefully in our lives and in in other places that we've seen, whose idea was this? Whose concept was this? Who do we need to, if we have issues with it, who do we need to take it up with? God the Father. It was his promise, his concept, his idea. He was planning this all throughout the Old Testament through those patterns that I referenced. It was his promise. Then go over here to God the Son. It was his command. Why were all these believers in chapter 2 gathered together in an upper room? Why had they waited there for 10 days, stayed together, prayed together, lingered together? Why had they done that? Because Jesus had given them his command. Jesus had told them, "Tarry here in Jerusalem, wait until I send to you the promise of the Father. They were there in obedience to his command. And it's his baptism. What did John the Baptist say? John the Baptist, or excuse me, what what did they say about John the Baptist? That he baptized in water? But John the Baptist did say, there's one coming after me who's much greater than I. And he shall what? Baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Jesus is the Holy Ghost baptizer. Jesus is the Holy Spirit baptizer. When I pray and ask Jesus as a believer and say, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, it is Jesus who takes the believer and immerses the believer into the power of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of the relationship, of the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. God's idea, Jesus is the one who does it. I think we ought to get in on this. Somebody say amen. That was real weak on a nine o'clock, I tell you, I hope the nine o'clock, can uh, they are always spell in the spaghetti. So I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to fight against that at nine o'clock. So I need, I need the power of the Holy Spirit today. We got the dinner no. <laughs> It's His baptism. Somebody say Amen. Give me a good Baptist Amen this morning. Amen. Let's try it again. Amen. amen. That's a little bit better. I'll preach better if you help me preach, right? And then God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who commissions us and empowers us for service and for living and infills us. So this is, my friends, the Trinity game plan. And we need to get in on the game plan. My my final point this morning is this. It's a terrific power, a Trinity power. But this moving of the Holy Spirit is a transforming power. Let me show you a picture. See this young lady, and I didn't put it there because her hair color changed. Actually, it's two different people, but just work with me this morning. I saw, and, and I saw on Facebook this this past week a young lady that I went to school with, a little bit younger than me, maybe three or four years younger than I. And you know how you lose track of of people, but she had family. Her grandparents were were just. Like an extra set of grandparents to me. who grew up in church with them. But evidently this young lady, she's a young lady now, had really strayed into the world. And she had gotten addicted to drugs, I guess, and other things. You know the devil plays for keeps, doesn't he? And you know that, that, that drugs and all the things that the devil tries to pull people into can, can really wreak havoc on a life right and addiction addiction is a real thing and when our bodies get addicted to something it's it's a tough situation and there are many people who would look at us today probably with tears in their eyes or regret on their face and they would say you know I want to do better I need to do better I'm trying to do better addiction is real now, why are you saying all this, Pastor? Well, one is this. If we're here today, I know our young people are gone this morning. It would be good for me to say it to them, too. But if we're here today and we've kept ourselves away from these things, let's remind ourselves that we're all human. Stay away from them. Guard our hearts. Guard our minds. Stay away. Watch Watch what we take. Watch. Be careful. Tell our children. and Pray, pray and keep them away because the devil plays for keeps and it's real and it's hard. This young lady had gotten addicted to to no doubt many different drugs I guess and she showed a picture the other day from her time of addiction and her face was ravaged. You could tell, you can see it. You've seen these pictures. I'm not being critical this morning. I'm I'm saying it with a, a sad heart, a sad countenance. You see the eyes on... This picture on the left, this young lady, you see the sadness in those eyes. What I saw in that picture that day, yes, I saw the effects of the drugs and you could see it on, on the person's body, you could see it on the face, but you know what really stood out was the eyes. You know that the eyes are the window to the soul. You know that? I mean, I think that's really true. I, you can look at somebody sometimes and just look them in the eye and sometimes you can You can really see the pain. You can really see the hurt. You can really see the devastation. And I saw this young lady who I had been to school with, whose whose grandparents had been pillars in the church that I grew up with. And I saw that picture of her and the sadness in the eyes and the hopelessness. And, And if I could say it this way, almost just the deadness in their eyes. But then she had a picture of herself right now. She was dressed well. She looked well. She was with her children. And in this she gave the testimony of what Christ had done in her life. Why are you talking about all that, Pastor Greg? How does all that connect to the sermon today? Why are you showing us a picture of of sad eyes and then over there a young lady with happy, bright eyes? Why are you showing that? Because the transforming power of the Holy Spirit was sent for people like that. Do you know that? The, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit was not just sent to us as believers for us to enjoy the blessings of the Holy Spirit. Now let me say, I, let me be the first one. I, I love to rejoice and celebrate and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit and I would like to do that at the drop of a hat and I'd drop the hat myself to do it. I love the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing like living in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like worshiping in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like driving down the road sometimes and the Holy Spirit seems to just invade the car and have a time of worship and power in his presence. And we need those times and those times are good. But Jesus didn't send us the baptism of the Holy Spirit just For that, that's part of it. He sent us the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we might have power to share the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. That we might have a witness upon us that we can help people like this go from death to life. People to go from bondage to freedom to liberty. The Bible says the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. Freedom. Let me declare to us today, we need the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in our lives so we can help somebody else. You say, I've got people in my family, Pastor, who need the Lord. What can I do? One of the things that we all can do is say, Lord, give me more, baptize me more, fill me more in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We say as a church... We need to reach the lost as a church. We have families that are hurting as a church. We have people who need the Lord. What can we do, Pastor Greg? Can we paint another wall? Can we change out some more carpet? All that's good and we've done all that kind of stuff. But more than any of that, we need the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. We need Him. That's why He was sent. That's why He was poured out for the people in your lives that you look in their eyes and you can see it you can see the addiction or you can see the pain or you can see the hurt or you can see the hopelessness but Jesus said I want to pour out the Holy Spirit so that I can draw all men to myself let me tell you this there will come an opportunity in your life someday that will be bigger than yourself that will be beyond your own strength that you will need the power of the transforming power of the Holy Spirit an opportunity will come your way sometime that's beyond you and you say I can't do it but the Holy Spirit can work in you and through you there will come let me flip the coin there will come a time in all of our lives where there will be an obstacle that is too great for us in our own strength our own power where we will need the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean we need to do then? We need to cultivate now an intimacy with the Holy Spirit so we're ready. So we're ready for the opportunities. So we're ready for the obstacles. So we're ready for the people who come across our paths who are the hurting. One final slide this morning. I love sticky notes. When I was at school, I used to have sticky notes all over my my desk. I'm kind of reformed now because I had a little sticky note problem, I guess. So so I'll put them on the screen today for you. The Holy Spirit does all of these things. I I can't even scratch the surface this morning, but I want to use it as our invitation, as our response, as our time of altar time this morning. One, The Holy Spirit draws to salvation. If you have come to Christ and you're a believer, you're born again, you have done that because the Holy Spirit is the one who drew you, convicted you, and drew you to Christ. So you've already had a relationship of some level with the Holy Spirit. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you're feeling conviction, you're feeling a drawing to God, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Once we are saved, once we are Christians, then Christ wants to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. I'm already saved. The Holy Spirit has come into my life. He's helping me. He's comforting me. But there is a second blessing. There is a blessing beyond salvation where I can say, Jesus Christ baptized me in the fullness. Immerse me fully into the Holy Spirit. do me with power from on high. I ask you this morning. Blue sticky note. Have you been saved? Are you born again? Yellow sticky note. Maybe you're saved. But have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? He wants to give us. Look at the teal one on the end. Power for life. Power to be a witness. And then as we live this life This Christian life, he wants the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, patience, kindness. All of those fruits of the Holy Spirit, he wants to produce those in our lives. You say, Pastor Greg, I'm a Christian, but I have trouble being kind, or I have trouble living right in this way or that way, or self-control. Or The Holy Spirit wants to work with you. He wants to work with me and to produce fruits of the Spirit in our lives. There are ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are gifts of the Spirit that enable us to do things beyond ourselves in ministry. That maybe we can speak a word that is beyond ourselves. Or maybe we can be used in a manifestation of the Spirit in tongues or interpretation of tongues to edify other people. There are gifts of healing. There are all these gifts, ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, is that for me? Well, I think if the Holy Spirit wanted to give me a gift, I I mean, I know I'm pretty special and everything, but I think He would want to share with you too. Right? There are gifts of the Spirit. What was it, Paul, that said to Timothy, Stir up the gift of God? What what gifts of Spirit? what, What gifts maybe that the Holy Spirit wants to give you to cause you to do something that's beyond your natural ability, that'll help somebody, that'll bless somebody? And then one day the Holy Spirit will assist us in our glorification. What do you mean by that, Pastor Greg? I mean that the scripture says that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead shall also quicken our mortal bodies. And in the resurrection, in the rapture, the Holy Spirit is the one who will usher us into our new glorified body so we can experience the fullness of his presence. There's so much that the Holy Spirit does. But where are you on this? Which sticky note are you today? Where are you at today? Do you need to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Do you say, I I know Jesus, but I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Or do you say, I've experienced those things, but I need a refilling, or I'm living for God, and I just need some help in some areas that I struggle? Where are you at today? Maybe you say, I want to do more for God. I I would like a gift of the Spirit to, to empower me so that I can be used to bless somebody, to help somebody, to edify the church. Where, where are you this morning? The Holy Spirit was poured out on the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. Not just for a one-time event, but for all of us as believers. Would you stand with me this morning? A good formula to follow is this. Obedience. They were there because Christ had told them to be there. What's Christ speaking to my life? Unity. They were in unity with each other. They were in unity with what God was wanting to do in their lives. And then they were in an atmosphere of prayer. What if we did that as individuals? What if throughout the week we had an atmosphere of prayer, of, of seeking the Lord? Saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in my life? Let's start that prayer this morning. Would you bow your head with, with me? And maybe start your prayer as an individual this morning and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in my life? Ask that honestly, ask that transparently. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in my life? Say, I I don't know the Lord. Well, we know the Holy Spirit's drawing you to Christ. Say, I've never experienced anything like a baptism in the Holy Spirit and where Christ immerses me in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you to ba- baptize me. Jesus, I need you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you say, I'm living for the Lord, but I, don't, I need more power for witnessing, for service. I've got people in my life who uh, have those sad eyes, those hopeless eyes, and I don't know what to do. And I don't seem to be making much of an impact myself and influence. And I just need the Holy Spirit to baptize me. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying it with love this morning. But we got to keep praying for those around us. But while we're doing that and while we're so concerned about them, we got to let the Lord work and move in us. Because maybe there's something He's wanting to do in us that's going to influence them, it's going to help somebody around us Holy Spirit what is it that you want to do in my heart and in my life and I want to be receptive to that so so maybe now make this second the first thing is Holy Spirit what do you want to do in my life the second thing is this Holy Spirit help me to be receptive to you would you pray that this morning would everybody in this house pray that as an individual Holy Spirit help me to be receptive to you to you that you would move upon me that you would use me that you would do in me a power of working beyond myself today Lord we thank you this morning Lord we bless you this morning we thank you for the Holy Spirit who was poured out on the day of Pentecost Lord, we thank you that he still works and he still moves today. And so have your way in our hearts and our lives. Lord, as individuals, Lord, what do you want to do in us? Let us receive from the Holy Spirit. Let us have a hunger and a seeking for the Holy Spirit, the plan of God, the promise of God, the command of Christ, the gift of Christ, really commissioning of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives that enables us beyond ourselves you've given us power that's beyond ourselves know how we need that and Lord cause us to be witnesses cause us to be a help to those that are in our lives who need you so so desperately Holy Spirit move upon us